And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Welcome back to Fasten Like Nails. I'm Molly Mayo here in the studio with our hosts, Dr. Mark Hamby and Masters Guild students Adele and Ruth Ann. And you guys just got back from your entrepreneurial business leadership class, which you're very excited to talk about. Amen. Um, what do you think, Ruth Ann? Oh, it's going to be a fantastic class. Okay, Adele? I'm- Really, really excited for this Yeah, today was our first day, and uh, we just kind of, like, unveiled the class. Got Mm -hmm. to see that cool stuff in Europe about those beautiful towns, Mm. and we're going to talk about that in this podcast. For those of you that are joining us, maybe for the first time, um, what we do here at Fasten Like Nails, the actual name of Fasten Like Nails, comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 12, um, where God is taking three types of truths. He calls them the words of delight, the words of truth, the words of wisdom, Mm. in contrast to vanity, meaninglessness. And so there's two types of um, places in the earth where you can you could find um, substance. Mm. And one is things that are non-eternal and things that are eternal. Those are the two things that you're mm-hmm. going to either build your life on the foundation of things that are not eternal. They're not going to last. They're going to burn up or things that are going to be eternal. So that's what we talked about for business. What, what do you want to be involved in, th- in your life? At the end of your life, you don't want to look back and say, all of my toil my labor. That's what the word mm-hmm. business me- meant. Hmm. The word hmm. business means toil and labor. Hmm. God has given us business to be involved in, to, to make ourselves busy with. And he does it, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, to humble us so that we'll learn to trust in God, not in ourselves. And so, <clears throat> so God gives us this business, this labor to punish us. No. No. <laughs> okay. They're shaking their heads no. No. Why did he give us work? Um, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's it's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. I love to work. I love to create. I love to make things that are, you know, things that are in a bad condition and take them and make them into something beautiful like we did here at the Guildhouse, you know, mm-hmm. and this dilapidated building that was ready to be torn down. And now it's redeemed, you know. And the same thing with people's lives. And that's what work is supposed to do. Work, God, as God blesses us. Now we're supposed to take those blessings and bless other people with the blessings that God's given us. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the role of work, you know, why we do what we do, is to bring a blessing to other people. That's what Abraham was supposed to do, bring a blessing to all the families of the earth. So, so in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, if you're listening for the first time, fasten like nails comes from this idea of fastening the words of delight, things that are beautiful and enjoyable, the words of delight, the words of truth, and the words of wisdom, God wants us to fasten those things like nails so that we'll live by a certain worldview so that, you know, your, your theology of work, Adele, you have a system inside of you that's built on truth, wisdom, and delight, beauty. Mm-hmm. And whenever, whenever you're doing something that breaks that, violates those principles, those values, you're not going to allow it. Mm-hmm. So you have a certain value of beauty, okay, in the way you're, let's say that you have a shop. Uh, Ruth Ann, let's, right now Ruth Ann's helping us in shipping. Mm-hmm. So Ruth Ann, you need to have a value system of beauty, okay, of delight, so mm-hmm. that when you walk into that room, it always makes you feel delightful, okay? And whenever someone comes and violates that room, let's say that I come in and I start putting, you know, <laughs> things in your room, you know, like, hey, yes. and, and, and I just leave it all over the place. That's violating your value system, mm-hmm. Okay of delight. So we all need to develop a theology of delight. 
So you're saying that it's not just the words of delight, truth, and wisdom, but these are actually principles that you should live your life by in general. That's why the word, the phrase fasten like nails carries the idea of more than just words, but words that are now fastened like nails into our, the very fabric of our, mm. of our lives. Like applied knowledge, which is wisdom, essentially. Um, no, more than applied knowledge. Um, it's, it's a... It's a set of values that's the standard in which you live by now. Mm -hmm. So when you have a standard of beauty that you will no longer violate, so you're going to keep your house a certain way so that when people walk into it, there's a sense of like, whoa, I feel like I'm at home. When, when people come to our home, um, one of the first things that people say, this is pretty amazing. Um, when, when people walk into our home, people say, this smells really good. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's because of Debbie's cooking. Mm -hmm. She's always cooking organic soups. She's doing the bone broth and she's making all these meals. And it, the, the Debbie's cooking over the decades has actually left an imprint inside our house. <laughs> so that when people walk in there, when people see, you know, the furniture, the way it's positioned, the fireplace, the way it's positioned, the dining room table, the way it's positioned – you know, next to an open kitchen, mm. you know, where people now have chairs that they can sit right in front where Debbie's cooking. Mm -hmm. There's a sense of community, you know, and, and enjoyment there. So that's your, that's your value system. So mm -hmm. when, you're, when you get married and you're going to be moving toward, you know, maybe you have something that's a little apartment that you start with, you make it beautiful. And then you're going to build your house. You design your house around, you know, your value system. Mm -hmm. So when we built our first house, the architect sat down with us, sat down with us, and said, "Okay, what do you want the inside to look like?" Hmm. You know, and we thought, "Openness. We want to be able to. I want to be able to. My kids are in the living room, and Debbie's in the kitchen. She still needs to be able to communicate with the kids. So they want to see from kitchen to, to living room, hmm. dining room. You know, the the kitchenette where people sit. We wanted this to be an open an open layout. You know." And so you got to find out what's your value system for delight. What makes your soul delight? Um, how do I? Why do I enjoy things? You know, when I walk into the guild house here at our headquarters, you know, you 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 girls change the. It's so funny. It's such a huge difference, even from last semester, just mm -hmm. with the new layout. I I every time I walk in the room from shipping, everyone is in. That, that dining area. room area. And people will be cooking in the kitchen, yeah. but everyone is there because there's mm -hmm. so much more space and yeah. it's so inviting. And you just mm -hmm. like want to sit down, curl up with a book, and be around. Everyone. Isn't it cool? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's amazing how even the small changes can like add so much um, mm -hmm. beauty and like a different dynamic to the. We took down room. those mm -hmm. those um, mirrors and paintings and replaced them with, <laughs> you know, the, um, the the those musical instruments on the yeah, wall. That's you know, so gorgeous. Aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I love that really part. Pretty took that mm -hmm. terrible thing out of the bathroom and replaced it with a nice <laughs> painting. You know, just little changes are important. And that is important in business. There needs to be constant change, mm -hmm. but not just change for change's sake. Improvement. Yeah. Exactly. Improvement. And not just improvement, but beautiful improvement. Yeah. Ugly improvement is an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, I saw it in your face. I, I knew you were going to say that. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. So all improvement is better. But, <laughs> yeah. but not just better improvement, beautiful improvement. Mm -hmm. You know, something that makes you feel delightful. 
You know, there needs to be that sense. So when we saw that the video this morning, I showed a video of a kind of a Renaissance video of of what it's like in certain um, villages and throughout Europe at Christmas time, Strasbourg and Nuremberg and mm-hmm. and every other burg. You know, well, ladies, what 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 was it like when you saw that? Oh, it was incredible, like totally enrapturing. Um, just to see the uh, detail in everything, every small element of those mm-hmm. buildings were just incredible. How about the roofs? <laughs> oh, those red roofs. Isn't it oh, amazing? The whole God. village, everyone had a yes. red roof. Yes, The roofs matched because there was, you know, they're up on the mountainside. From the mountain, the architects thought this through, that when people would be up on the mountain, they'd be looking down on the village, seeing all of the roofs mm. exactly the same, this beautiful red landscape. Mm. You know, that's vision. You know, we talked yeah. about vision this morning. We're going to talk about that throughout this podcast. Ruthann, what did you think about the video today? Um, my first thought was, I really want to go here for <laughs> Christmas like, yeah. so badly. Yeah. Um, mm. It was just like, it invokes something in you. That it should... brings something out of you where you're like, this is true beauty. Like, yes. Yeah. Mm. And we could make that happen here. We can make that happen wherever you go in life. You want people to be attracted to what you're doing for one reason, so that you can share the reason of the hope that is in you. You know, we get to share a little piece of God. Mm-hmm. You know, the greatest story on earth, the greatest beauty on earth is our amazing God. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we get to invite people by the things that we do in our work mm-hmm. business. Okay, so Ecclesiastes chapter 5 says this, Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment. The Apostle Paul says, oh, by the way, find enjoyment in all my toil. Okay, let me read this again. I love this verse. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all my toil, Mm. with which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given him, for this is his lot. Okay, so, so there's two types of places in Ecclesiastes, under the sun, temporary, and under heaven, eternal. Okay, those are the two ways you gotta live your life. I gotta live my life, enjoy things under the sun, that we know this is temporal, but I also gotta live it in light of eternity under the under heaven. And what he does here is he starts off with eating and drinking. The Apostle Paul catches onto that theme and says, whether you eat or whether you drink, do what? Do all to the Lord. Do all to the glory of God. This is your reasonable service. Well, I think we're mixing up two of them. <laughs> so that's that verse in Corinthians that says, in whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, and whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Just a simple statement. And Paul makes that statement because those are the basic foundational principles of life, eating and drinking. And so if you're going to live your life for the glory of God and whether you in what you eat and drink, then you'll carry that out in every other area of life. Hmm. But what's important here is that what you eat and drink are, are essential. They're important to God. So you don't go to McDonald's, you know? You, you take time to make something beautiful. You make time to, to make something that is so enjoyable to eat. It's succulent, it's just amazing. I mean, we're gonna, in the class, one of the classes, I'm gonna show you guys the chef's table um, of a chef in Peru. <laughs> Wait do you see this. I mean, the colors that are cho- chosen, the, the, um, the, not just the tastes, but the, the texture of the foods that you eat, it's all important to, to them. So what you eat and what you drink, it just it, you need to take time. I'll, you know, Debbie, whenever she gets me a drink of water, she'll always put a slice of lemon or lime in it. 
You know? Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's just, it tastes are important. You know, God has given us these things and people rarely use them for his glory. And so that's why Paul starts with that. And so Solomon picks up on this theme, or I guess Paul picked up on Solomon's theme, and says this, it says, um, I, what I've seen is good and in, in fitting for, for people to eat and to drink and find enjoyment in all their toil, which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given, because this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power. God, if you get wealth, possessions, and power, okay, those three things, wealth, possessions, and power, if you get those things, by the way, you can't get those things unless God gives them to you. Yes, you have to work hard for them. But if you've been given these things, he says this, so that you can enjoy them. Isn't that great? So many people gain wealth, possessions, and power, and they can't enjoy what they have. Wow. Hmm. That's so sad to think about, like, that. But it's amazing as well, because, like, as Christians, we can enjoy all the beauty that God has given us to enjoy, and we can, like, enjoy the work of our hands as well. It's incredible. And you en- it's an honor. It, and you really. enjoy it the most when you share it. Yeah. You know, yeah, so people that. are hoarding and gaining more and more and more. Now they've got to like spend more time protecting it mm. so it doesn't get stolen, more right. time putting security up. And, and, and the next thing you know, they've, they've gained all of this wealth and all of these possessions. And these possessions now have become their idols and they rule them. Yeah, I don't know. I've never, it's very rare to find someone who gives and gives and gives and enjoys what they have and the wealth and power and position that they have. It's rare to find someone like that because usually it's the polar opposite ends. Mm-hmm. They hoard everything or mm-hmm. they're like, oh, as a Christian, we can't have anything nice. Right. Yeah, they, they don't get to enjoy what God has given them. There was a man, I think it's Laterno. I think it was him. Um, he's from Texas and he became a you know, multi-millionaire, and um, he tithed 90% and lived on 10%. That's amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. In, um, we were studying this a little bit last night, some of the students and, and us, um, and in chapter 4 of Ecclesiastes, so you, you were reading from 5, which is kind of essentially a thesis statement for what's mm-hmm. been talked about before. Um, but even what you were talking about, um, in in 4.7, it says, There's one alone without companion. He's neither son nor brother. Yet there is no end to all his labors, nor is his eye satisfied with riches, which mm. kind of echoes in 5.10, He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, mm. or he who loves abundance with increase, for that's vanity. And the question that should have been asked from the beginning that was performing his whole perspective, his whole mindset, was in verse 8, which says, this, this man, this person, he never asks, for whom do I toil and deprive myself of good? Yeah. And so, I mean, you can, you can accumulate all of the wealth, the possession and power that is out there. But if you're not asking that question, if you're not doing it with that heavenly perspective, you're, it's just it's meaningless and, and you, you, great, you've got your stuff. But Can you imagine ending your life like that? Being yeah. the end of your life, you look back and like, why did I do all this? Mm-hmm. For what purpose? So tragic. Very good. Okay, so he continues in 5, and he says this. He says, I've given you these things to enjoy them, to accept my lot, and to rejoice in your toil. I love that. Not just to enjoy things, but to rejoice in your toil. He says this, for this is the gift of God. Mm. I love that. This is the gift of God. Okay, so in this class, we said, okay, how do we, how do we look at businesses? How do we, 
how do we get to a business um, that we can enjoy? And we looked at um, several things. We looked at four, actually we looked at six different models. And you know what I think would be really fair um, before we get into the specifics, and I'm seeing that the students are getting ready for lunch and I don't want us to go so long that we're gonna miss lunch. So I'm gonna just kinda bring a conclusion to this podcast by setting it up as far as the theology of beauty. You can't have a theology of work until you first have a theology of beauty. Mm -hmm. Now, and here's the reason why that is. Because you can start your theology of work. You can start, if, you, if you're working for the wrong reasons, then your work is not going to bring you the enjoyment that, you're, that you need. Because that's what God is, why God gave us work. He gave us work for our enjoyment, okay? So I think a theology of beauty is important because that's how God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that he did is absolutely gorgeously beautiful. You know, mm -hmm. the sunsets, the trees, the landscape, the colors, the texture. Mm -hmm. Everything's important to God. And when he created the heavens and the earth, he then gave to Adam and Eve, they were to be his partners, his co-creators. They now are to create. And that's what God has given to us. He wants us to create. And <clears throat> one of the things we talked about in the class is that the landscape of America has significantly changed. Do you remember what, what what's... One of the dominant new businesses on the landscape of America. Skys skyscrapers. That and what else? It has something to do with the dollar bill. Dollar General. Dollar General. Oh, right. And I, I'm not mm -hmm. trying to disc dollar, <laughs> dollar General. You know, I'm sure that the people that maybe run these places are, are doing something very valuable. I don't know, but... It's, you know, we've gone from these beautiful villages, like we saw in the video, yeah. mm -hmm. to a landscape of Dollar General. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's like Walmart. Yeah, kind of like even lower. It's just what we've done is we've, we've lost our theology of beauty in the way that the facade of a building should look. Yeah. You know, my wife and I was, were down in um, Old Santa Fe, and you should see this village. It's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you want to walk into these, these little cafes and these little shops. They're, they're beautiful. They're inviting. You know, if something just looks like, you know, plastic, you know, part of the light bulbs are out and it's dirty, you know, it's not inviting to go into these. And so the landscape of America has changed dramatically. Cobblestone streets are no longer found. Brick sidewalks are no longer found. Um, we've made things more easily accessible but less beautiful. Um, there's a man um, from Italy, I forget his name, he, he made the statement that he wanted to see the death of God and be, and the death of God would be, re, God would die by replacing him with the God of math, the God of the line. And what he did, his influence in the world was to, and he couldn't wait for certain kinds of art to diminish so that people would no longer be interested. Um, what's the art that, Molly, that I, I love? Um, it's Adele. It's, um, you, it looks kind of like you're looking at it, a rippled effect in water. Uh, like Monet sort of style? Monet, yeah, but what's that called? Impressionism. impressionism. He, he could not wait for Impressionism to die. Oh. And he wanted to replace it with exact lines. And that, mm. that influence, that philosophy, started to permeate the world and right after that, you saw skyscrapers started to expand in cities, juxtaposed right next to cathedrals in beautiful buildings. 
If you go to New York City, for example, you'll see skyscrapers right next to you know St. St. Paul's Cathedral there. Um, and what that did is it slowly started to diminish. It slowly started to deteriorate a person's theology of beauty. Mm-hmm. And so, so all of a sudden, efficiency and rooms for business and making money and line and all of a sudden that became more important than taking the time. They would take a lot more to build a building with stone, you know, and mortar and 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 arches. It would take a lot more effort to do that, but it would allow people to enjoy the beauty of their labor. Mm-hmm. Someone finishes building a skyscraper, <laughs> you know, construction workers. They're done building it. They go on to the next one. Yeah. There's no enjoyment in their labor. Someone finishes a cathedral, you know, the builders. They, they leave at the end of each day seeing the work of their hands. Mm. And they're like, wow, that's beautiful. And even in like the story of creation, like God took time to rest and enjoy what has been, yeah. what was created, which is a good model for. And what did he say after each day? It's good. It's good. Yeah. Mm. How many people are involved in something even right now? Their labors are like, um, um, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working for my retirement. I'm working my 401k, you know, and I'm wor- I'm working so that I can go on the next vacation. Yeah, you y- work matters. Mm-hmm. Um, it needs to bring enjoyment in our lives, and uh, so in closing, I just want to to uh, share this this verse. It's in the book of Zechariah. It's uh, chapter four. It says this. And um, if you've not ever read the book of Zechariah, it's a fascinating book. It's during the time when um, Israel's been in captivity for 70 years. They've come back. As, uh, Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. The walls were burned down. And Zechariah is the prophet that's supposed to inspire um, the governor, who's Zerubbabel, with rebuilding the temple and the, the walls. And Zerubbabel is... I can't do this. No one's helping. No one has a heart to build. They've built their own houses. They're not helping me build the work of God here. So I give up. Um, I don't enjoy it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. So uh, in chapter 4, um, an angel comes to the high priest, who is um, Joshua, and talks to him and says, Hey, look, at it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit. Okay, that's number one. In work... You've got to partner with God, okay? That's so important. Prayer is essential throughout the entire course of our work. Um, God, help me. I can't do this myself. God says, okay, you weren't intended to do it yourself, okay? If you could do it yourself, then he'd let you do it yourself. And Mm -hmm. you're not going to have a lot of enjoyment out of that because you're not experiencing the unexpected blessings of God in your work. You're co-laborers with God, okay? That's so important, you know, in shipping and your artwork. Praying over every detail, mm-hmm. co-laborer with God, mm-hmm. partner with God. Okay, yeah. Molly, I, when you're writing, when we're writing these uh, these um, audio dramas, mm-hmm. you know, we've already experienced it several times, and we're like, oh, we got to pray through this. Oh yeah, I mean, every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just don't get it done. There's no way without it, prayer. And then what happens when we do find those moments where we're like, yes, nailed it. We get excited. <laughs> <laughs> High fives. Yeah. You know, and uh, um, John Fornoff called it, uh, what's it called? Tertium? Tertium quid. Tertium quid. Yeah. It's where you're, um, two people are 
kind of like not able to get through a roadblock of some kind. And next thing you know, you bring God into the equation. You say, Lord, help us. And next thing you know, a third thing happens. Something that you haven't thought of before. Tertium quid. Mm. The third thing. You know, isn't that beautiful? I like that term. Every single lamplighter audio drama, we have experienced tertium quid. Mm. You know, we're (laughs) like, okay, I don't know what to do here. God, we need your help. And bam, Mm. the Holy Spirit just kind of like fills you with this new idea. (laughs) And a third thing happens. It's beautiful. Here in Zechariah 4, as we close, it says, uh, he gives him this vision and says, the angel says to to, uh, Joshua, don't you know what this is? And Joshua <laughs> says, no, verse 5. Then he answered and spoke unto him, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. This, I'm not going to get into detail. It's a picture of two olive trees with oil in the middle, and the olive oil is perpetually going from the olive trees into the oil bath and lighting the candles. It's a perpetual lighting of the lamps, the seven lamps. They're being lit perpetually by the olive trees Is a symbol of the Holy Spirit keeping things lit in our lives by this continual power of God being infused into our lives. It never stops. Mm -hmm. If you're in your work, by the way, this is all about work, Mm -hmm. rebuilding the temple. He says this, Oh, Zerubbabel, this is the word of the Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I love this. You guys ready for this? Verse 7. No. Molly, you're going to love this. (laughs) Who are you, O great mountain? That's what happens in our work. We get this mountain in front of us. We feel like we can't get through it. Um, That always happens, by the way. Satan will always put something in your way. You're not good enough, Adele. You're never going to. You're not going to be able to go to school to get this done. You're. You're. You're going to be just. You know. Certain. You're going to get a certain. distance in your work and you're never really going to have your dreams fulfilled. You could do a little bit. You know, Ruth Ann, you're never going to make it to France and Italy. It's not happening. <laughs> you, know? you know, you're going to stay stuck in shipping the rest of your life. You know, it's just not going to happen. And, you know, you, you look at these things like, How will I ever? Well, Molly, you're never writing the book. It's just not going to happen. You're going to just it's not going to happen, Molly. You're going to stay right where you are for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Not getting married. You're not having children. Just it's it's over with, Molly. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Ready? I love this. Who are you, O great mountain? Before this mountain, you will become a plain, and you will bring forth a headstone with shoutings of grace, grace. Mm-hmm. God will bring favor into our lives if we trust him if we put him first, he will give you the desires of your hearts. He, he, Adele, he will do things in your art life that you cannot imagine. Ruth Ann, you have amazing leadership abilities. God will do things in your life that you cannot imagine. Okay? I could see you taking tours around the world with people. You know? <laughs> M- Molly, I can't imagine. Molly, and I've got a great imagination. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what God's going to do through your writing and through your hospitality, through your love for children. Wouldn't it be amazing if you started an orphanage? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if God wants me to, I will. But... <laughs> Not one of the desires, right? Not a desire. <laughs> I, love, I love children. <laughs> okay, here um, it is, though, guys. Ready? No. Moreover, verse 8. 
the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands will also finish it. What God starts, he will finish it through you. Okay? Hmm. So Zerubbabel is going like, I got things started. I can't finish it. No one's helping. I'm stuck. There's a mountain in front of me. How am I going to get over this mountain? I'm going to get through this mountain. By the way, Hezekiah dug a tunnel through the mountain and actually had the water go through it. His hands started it. They will also finish it. And you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. Now, here it is. Drum roll, please. For who has despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. Do you guys know what that's talking about? Mm-mm. Look at it closely, Molly. Look at it really closely. Verse 8. Verse 10. <laughs> in the midst of this rejoicing of grace, grace, by God's spirit and God's, not by your might, not by your power, but by God's spirit, he's going to help you level this mountain, get the work done, rebuild the temple. Notice what he says. I love this. Verse 10. For who has despised the day of small things? The way you get the mountain removed and the way you get the temple built, the way you get the work done is small things, Mm -hmm. little by little. Mm. Don't despise little things. Mm. Little steps forward, one book at a time, one course at a time, one painting at a time, manager making the room efficient and beautiful, little by little by little. Don't despise the day of small things, for they shall rejoice. Ah, those little things will bring joy. Mm-hmm. The little things. You know, I love it. You know, Molly um, and um, another uh, young uh, student um, last year, they painted my office. Yeah. It brought so much joy. I don't know. I was doing a yeah. FaceTime with um, my son the other night, and he goes, whoa, he goes, your office looks really cool. He goes, it's really cool. He goes, who painted that? that. Molly, to this day, over two years now, Mm -hmm. that brings me joy when I walk in there. That's awesome. It was really fun. I'm going to become a painter now. (laughs) (laughs) New dream. (laughs) Mark, I quit. (laughs) Don't do that, please. (laughs) We just started as you're the co-host here. (laughs) Um, Guys, don't despise the day of small things. When the mountain's in front of you, God's grace is sufficient. Rejoice in the small little changes. Mm. But here's the key to it all. You ready? And you shall see what? The plumb line? There you go. What's the plumb line? (laughs) Plumb line is what you use to build straight lines, corners. When you're putting the stone on a building, you bring a plumb plumb line down from above. And the plumb line, because of gravity, it's 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 a heavy weight with a point on it. And that plumb line will sit straight and you can tell whether it's level or not. Oh. Are the lines level of how you're building this? Are the edges, corners level? Hmm. Okay. Otherwise, you know, you're building a chimney on a house and you look at it and like the chimney's like arching over, oh. you know, ready to fall over. Mm. You want your lines to be nice, you know, on corners. So the seven are the candles? It's the eyes of God. Okay. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro. But we're going to talk about that. Last. We're going to close with that verse. Hold on to that. Okay. <clears throat> don't let's let's focus ladies and gentlemen everyone that's listening to this you've got to get this mm. Zerubbabel has been depressed no one's helping him he sees a mountain in front of him he can't finish the work mm. he's lost his joy and God says it's not by your power not by your might but by my spirit says the Lord and then what does he say about the, the 
the little things. Don't despise the day of little things. It will bring what? It'll bring joy, little steps at a time. Mm -hmm. But here's the key. What's in his hand? The plumb line. God's grace will be sufficient, but you've got to do the work. He still has to go to work. He still has to finish the temple by his own hands. Mm. He still has to do something. He gets, just can't stay back like, well, God's grace will take care of all of this. Mm. He's working. And God puts him back to work. He's been depressed. Get back to the work, Zerubbabel. You can do this. But I'm a governor. That's all right. Put the plumb line in your hand. Get to work with the people. They'll follow you. Don't despise the day of small things. Mm. Get involved. Even, even in the nitty-gritty things, even if you've got to get dirty again and you've been a manager all your life and you've been the president, get dirty again. Do the little things and bring yourself back up so that you can rejoice in the little things and watch those little things be so significant that God once again brings great joy into your life so that others will be attracted to it. Mm-hmm. Why? The next part of that verse talks about the eyes of the Lord. It talks about these eyes, these seven eyes. And that's in reference to God being a part of the work that we're doing. He's watching. But notice why he's watching. Molly's going to read it in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. These eyes, they're found throughout the book of um, Zechariah. They're also found in the book of Revelation. But I think he nails it in 2 Chronicles 16, 9. Molly, what does it read? For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And what else could you ask for? God will help you finish whatever work he's called you to do because his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth. What is he looking for? Loyal. But before that, what's he going to do for you? Show himself strong. Show himself strong. God will show himself strong on your behalf why? Because he wants to bless you. It's a, great, wants- it's a great reminder. I mean, when you were talking about that a couple of days ago, and you were like, ask the Lord. Ask him to show you that he's with you and stuff. That's what I did one day when I was having a really hard time, and all of a sudden stuff started to click. <laughs> Isn't that great? And it's like he's always there ready to be like, yeah, I'll show you. Just ask. I'll mm. show you what I can do. I'll show you I'm with you. He's one ask away. And when we ask, he'll take that mountain, he'll level it out, and we'll shout, grace, grace, only by God's grace. Mm-hmm. Ladies, thanks for being with us today, and I hope the listeners have found some value in um, our beginning stages of the theology of word. Mm-hmm. God bless. Hopefully, God's words of delight, truth, and wisdom will be fastened like nails in your life today. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, Visit fastenedlikenails.net and fill out the form. That's fastenedlikenails.net. What if you could learn from the creative minds and talents behind Lamplighter Theater? I've never seen anything like it. This summer, Lamplighter presents the Lamplighter Guild. 
a week of mentoring and apprenticeship in the dramatic arts. Learn script writing, music composition, sound design, directing, and voice acting from world-class professionals. Registration for the Lamplighter Guild is limited, so sign up today at lamplighter.net. Lamplighter.net.